How are you enjoying the series so far? It's really good, isn't it? I thought next week was the last one. I was a bit disappointed. But no, that too has increased. There's a few more weeks left, so that'll be exciting. Next week, Andrew uh, is going to come and speak to us about generosity. generosity. We've got that one nailed. Right, anyway, this week, what I'm going to speak to you about is being naturally supernatural. What is that? Well, natural supernatural is just being yourself at the same time as listening out to what God is saying. It's kind of like, like two sides of a coin, both and at the same time. Being natural supernatural go together like, let me see, Ant and Dick, Bob and Bert's, Max and Spencer's, that was for you, Susan. Or, or like steak and chips. Oh, I'm having that for more dinner later. Anyway, being natural, supernatural is just being yourself. You don't have to change. Just be, be who you are. You don't have to change your voice. You don't have to change your persona. You don't have to change your hairstyle. You just are you. You see, sometimes we can miss it, can't we? We miss it because we think, um, we don't understand really how it comes. It just comes in an everyday, ordinary package in you and I. As Christians, as followers of Jesus, we should be able to hear God speak to us and to exercise our spiritual gifts and to witness in the power of the Holy Spirit. It's something we should be expecting to happen wherever we are. And we shouldn't be surprised when the kingdom breaks out wherever we are because we carry the kingdom wherever we go. So that could be at bus stops, at the, I was going to say garden gate, but garden gate, I was really meaning the school gates. See, everything just pops into my head. Or a supermarket, it could be when you're having friend friend for dinner. It could just be wherever you are, the kingdom can break out because we carry the kingdom with us. We carry God's presence. And we are people that carry God's presence wherever we go. I'm, I'm ad-libbing and trying to do this at the same time. I'm doing both and. Anyway, we should be natural, natural supernatural here. Um, what is? Why is? Who is? Why should we be natural supernatural? I hear you ask. Well, good question. It's all about asking good questions. If we look at Jesus, no, I've lost my place. Yes, if you look at Jesus at first glance, he didn't appear to be anything special at the beginning, did he? And yet we know the good news and the works of the power of the kingdom came through him. And the Bible is full of ordinary people who were empowered by the Spirit. If you think of like Mary and Joseph, they were just ordinary people. Mary was just a young girl and Joseph was just a carpenter. There was nothing special or out of the ordinary until Mary had a visit from the angel and was invited in to God's plan. And Jesus' first disciples, they were just ordinary fishermen, right? Until they too accepted the invitation into God's plan and were empowered by the Spirit. And his followers were just ordinary people who with no hype, and we're about going about doing incredible works of the kingdom. Consequently, we can do the same in the power of the same spirit. The extraordinary came through 
ordinary people who were invited into God's kingdom plan. Just like Mary and Joseph and Peter and all the great, other great names in the Bible, they were empowered by the Spirit to participate in the work of the kingdom. And it's still true for us today. What are you being invited into? Jesus ministered without any pretense, without putting on a show, no big booming voices, and it was in his human personality that he was empowered by the Spirit to demonstrate what the kingdom of God has come, that the kingdom of God has come. You know, some folks would just think, that's just the carpenter's son. Who's he? He's just the carpenter's son from Nazareth. But he was naturally supernatural. So he's a role model. A famous theologian, well, he goes, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, I think about it right, Andrew Smiling, says this, in Christ we are united to participate in the reality of God and the reality of the world at the same time. The one not without the other. What matters particularly is the reality of God and the world in Jesus Christ today. And in doing so in such a way that I never experience the reality of God without the reality of the world, nor the reality of the world without the reality of God. That is natural, supernatural, both and. John Mumford says, natural, supernatural means just being yourself. Nothing fancy, right? Just being yourself. You don't have to be something you're not. Just be normal. Hard for some of us, I understand that. Just be yourself. Because the person doing this stuff is God, not us. We are just using our spiritual gifts. We are just using our spiritual gifts. We are not the ones using him. We're just using the spiritual gifts God's given us. We're not using him. He God is using us in that situation. I've often heard it said that we are not the rain, we are the drain pipe. So in other words, we are just the vessels God chooses to use. There's no special people in the kingdom of God. Everybody in whom the Spirit of God dwells, and that is you if you're a follower of Jesus, has equal access to the spirits, the gifts of the Spirit. So God can use any person in any circumstance, to manifest any gift, to accomplish any result he wants. Just like Nikki said the other week, everybody gets to play. It's God who does this stuff and not us, so we can all relax. Our job is just to be obedient and act on what he is revealing to us. And because it's God who does this stuff, we just have to go with it. We don't have to embellish it. We don't have to make things up. We don't have to create an atmosphere. We don't have to make up stories. We don't need to see people are healed. If they're not, that's okay. Because the kingdom's not fully here. And if we're making up, if we're saying you're healed and you're not healed, then that's not faith building. It's not building us up. We just want to be honest. We just want to be who God made us to be. We are expecting 
of his moving because we believe what we, because of what we believe about the kingdom of God. We are just ordinary people being extraordinary by inviting the power of the Holy Spirit to break into the present. And we say that when we say, come Holy Spirit. This is a thing I say every day. Every day, as soon as I get up, I say, come Holy Spirit, what are you going to do today? When I'm walking into a room with people, I'll say, come Holy Spirit, what is it you want me to say to this person? What, have you got something you want me to give to that person as in a word or an encouragement? It's a simple prayer, come Holy Spirit. And sometimes it's just in these simplest of prayers that they're the best prayers to pray and we can all pray them, but watch out. And you know, this prayer, come Holy Spirit, has been around for years and years and years. I thought it was just in the vineyard until I delved deeper into it. And you know, it's been around for years and years, for generations and generations. It works, its roots is way back to the first generations of the fossils. In John 16, 7, it says, But in fact, it's the best for you that I go away, that's Jesus, because if I don't, the advocate, Holy Spirit, won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's judgment and by the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. Judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. There is so much more that I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will, will tell you what he's heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. So come Holy Spirit is a, a beloved prayer of many generations of believers before us. So we're in good company when we pray, come Holy Spirit. Now, it's not to say that you've not got the Holy Spirit. You're just saying you're welcoming him. You're like, you're all here. I can see you're here. But we still say welcome, Right? So it's just saying, come and just, it's just making you more aware of listening to what those promptings could be that God has for you. And nothing beats the joy of seeing the Spirit come and do what we are powerless to do in our own strength. So I would encourage you all to pray this prayer every day. Life will never be dull. I can promise you that. So the Holy Spirit is actively speaking to his people to his church and to the world. Our job as believers of Jesus, as followers of Jesus, is to give the Holy Spirit permission to move in our lives and in our gatherings. And this is the first step to living in the Spirit. Galatians 5 says this. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of the sinful nature desires. Now, these two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you're not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligations to the law of Moses. And further down it says, Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. That, I think, is our key verse tonight, today. Since we are living in the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. 
Do you know, being natural, supernatural, should be natural, right? But many of us don't find it natural. Because sometimes you've got to practice and hear how God speaks to you. You can get, get someone you know who has a really good ear for listening to God, ask them how they do it, that's great. Then you have to take what they do and then work out what is that for you. Because we all hear God in different ways. Sometimes we get a sensation in our body. Oh God, you're going to speak here. And then we have to press on what is it you want us to say. And that can be in all spheres of life, not just in church. In fact, I'm actually more talking about outside the building, the church outside the building, because that's where God does all his amazing stuff through us. In here, we just get filled up, recharged, re-energized to go and do the stuff outside the building to wherever we are. And sometimes how I practice it is doing just the normal stuff, not the spiritual stuff, not praying for people, although I do all that too. But I just want to show you how God can use you when you're just practicing. So there's one, this is a recent one actually, just a few weeks ago, I had to put air in my tyres and I Andrew would practice doing it, because I like practicing everything obviously. Um, and he said, first thing, the key thing to remember in the name is when you're taking the wee hub things off the tyres, take them all off at once and put them in your pocket so you don't lose them. Right, okay. So I did that. This time, I'm on my own. And I thought, do you know what? I'm only going to put air in one tyre. So I'll no bother taking them all off. So I took the hub cap on, did not put it in my pocket, put it on top of my dash, no, the bonnet. And then when I went to pay for it, it was double the price I normally pay. I thought, oh, I'm going to do all of them. So I went round and done them all. So yes, you know what happened. The other three, I remembered where they were in my pocket. The one I took off first, nowhere to be seen. And I thought, oh my goodness, I'm going to for it. Because the thing Andrew emphasis, put them all in your pocket. I thought, oh no, right. I said, right, well, do you know, I have a Holy Spirit with me. And God, God speaks to me in all situations. So, right, Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. Show me where this hubcap thing is. I know you can show me. Looking everywhere, it's just black. Loads of things. And I thought, right, no, I'm not moving. I'm going to, I know, I'm going to listen. And I thought, I looked under the bonnet, it's like it's everywhere, because it's nowhere anywhere to see. My eyes are going as far as my eyes can see, can't see it. So I reversed. At this point, I'm thinking, I have got the attention of everybody in this forecourt. I said, God, I've got everybody's attention. You have to follow through. So I thought, no, I just said the prayer again. Come Holy Spirit, I know you can direct me to this. Now, one of the things, you might know this about me, you might not, but one of the things I know when God's presence is really with me, it's tangible, is I see feathers, feathers everywhere. Right, that, that's what I, when I see feathers, I know, right, God, your presence is here. I know that God is going to say something to me. And then, lo and behold, you now I had been looking for ages, I saw a feather. Right, God, I know you're here because there's a feather. I know that's where you speak to me. So I'm going, I walked to the feather. Then another feather appeared. So I walked to the other feather. I'm away from the car. And I had the sensation to turn around. So I turned around. And then there's a bigger feather and I went up to the feather. What was right beside that feather? My wee huff cap. I said, I knew it. I knew it. Wait till I tell Andrew. <laughs> I said, thank you, God, because that was me practicing. Because I knew what I knew. What I knew is God speaks to me all the time. God speaks to me in the natural, supernatural. And feathers is a big key thing for me. So when I first looked, I never saw any feathers. So I had to wait. 
thought that was a cool story. Cool story. Because it's no, like, in the spiritual side, it's not in ministry. It's in my normal, everyday life. And it was because we carry the presence of God. And when you, we all know it. But when you start living from knowing that you carry the presence of God, that's when you see things change. No, because he has. Well, definitely not because of me. But people will say things. I'm thinking, no, it's not me. But it's God. I know that's God. I work in a school. I won't name the school, but you'll know. But I work in a school, and sometimes I have kids come to my room. They come in one way, and they leave a different different way. And I know that's not me. But I do know it's because of what I carry. It's because I carry God's presence that they can't help but be affected by that. And that's, I think that's just amazing how God chooses to use us in these wee ways. Anyway, let me see. Where am I? Right, Matthew, we're going to jump into Matthew 10, 7, 8. Go and announce the kingdom that, go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy and cast out demons. Give as freely as you received. And this is for us today. We just simply need to discover that God wants to break into our ordinary with his extraordinary. And then we get to say yes. If we say yes, that's when we can do incredible things. He can do incredible things through us. When Jesus walked this earth, incredible power flowed through him. And it was the power that saw leopards cleansed, storms calmed, demons driven away, blind eyes opened, and the dead raised to life. It's possible to read these stories and just miss whose lives were transformed. And that's why we do it, because we want to touch people's lives. The result of Jesus' miracles wasn't simply that people were wowed or impressed. They were loved. That's our motivation, to love people. Jesus was motivated by compassion. Lives were transformed because Jesus was full of goodness and mercy and compassion. And they encountered a power that revealed the love of God and were changed forever. Wow, I would love that. If people say, whatever Lorraine's got, my life's changed because she's, she's full of goodness, mercy and compassion. And it's life changing. As a disciple of Jesus, we are to follow him doing the things he did. And of course, that means feeding the hungry and loving the lonely and sharing the gospel. But it also means doing the miraculous signs. Are you prepared to go and pray for someone? Or do you know what I see all the time? When I see people and I can see that they're, um, they're, they're ill or they've got a, something that stops them living a full life, I just want to pray for them. All, I want to go and pray with all of them. And I don't. And I get frustrated. This is my frustration. Why do I not do it more? Because I would, I think the name of Jesus can break all of these things. Anyway, he encouraged us to expect the supernatural through our lives every day. And John 14 says, I truly tell you, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works. We get to do even greater works than Jesus because he is going to be with the Father. You can ask anything in my name and I will do it. That's why we do it. Because it's it's our command. So that Jesus can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me anything in my name and I will do it. These are the signs and wonders of Jesus. To express the same people to God's love. And as we look to see God move and increase in power, he starts to place needs to be, 
Our starting place needs to understanding the connection between God's power and God's love. When we seek to be close to God, the potential for the supernatural is all around us. The key to living a life full of supernatural power is to understand the power in his presence. The closer you are to Jesus, the more you will see him move in and through you. Do you have to cultivate a relationship with Jesus? It's not good, just, good enough just to know about him or know of him. You need to know him intimately and personally. You need to spend time with him. Cultivating that relationship. There's power in the presence and his presence is in us. God uses ordinary people. We just have to trust his power in our weakness. And if we're ever going to tell the world effectively about Jesus, we have to move from thinking that there's just a few so-called anointed men and women of God to knowing that we're all called, all called and anointed and that God wants to use all of us to bring his kingdom. 2 Corinthians 4 says, Now we have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God and not ourselves. That was Paul using, Paul was speaking there, using this image of great treasure stored in everyday jars to show us that God puts these riches of his spirit in us. He puts his treasure in ordinary crack pots. Do you know, when I was with my mum, people would always say, Lorraine, you're a crackpot. Now I know, yeah, I am. <laughs> a crackpot with great treasure. Do you know, we read about heroes of the faith, people like John Wesley or Mother Teresa, and we think they were used because of their gifts and abilities. But, you know, the truth is, any impact that their lives had wasn't because of their abilities, but because of the treasure of the Spirit within them. The history of the church has never been about great men and women of God. It's been about the great God of these men and women. And they did do amazing things. Because of the grace of God, when we are weak, he makes us strong. What a relief. We can rely on God. This means there's no lack of qualifications. No lack of giftings can ever get in the way of God working through us. It means you're in. God delights to use the weak, which means he delights to use you and he delights to use me. God wants to pour his treasure into our cracked pot. I'm sorry, every time I read that, it makes me want to laugh. He wants to use you, even when you feel weak, even when you feel broken, even when you feel vulnerable, even when you feel fearful, even when you're confused all to bring him glory. It's more likely when you're feeling like that, he's more likely to use you because he will get all the glory. Often we think, Lord, I'll do what you tell me as long as I agree with it. I've done that. Or I'll do what you tell me, but it needs to be like sensible, come on. Or I'll do what you tell me, but it needs to be realistic. That's too far-fetched, that kind of stuff. But none of that is obedience, right? Obedience is doing what God tells us, even if it doesn't make sense. Obedience is doing 
of what God tells us, regardless of whether we fully understand it. And I'm convinced that if we want to see broken bodies, broken minds, broken hearts, metal, then we need to just do what God tells us to do. And you know, it often won't make sense in that moment. It become, you make sense of it later. And it will really be comfortable. Yet that kind of obedience to Jesus is the practical outworking of faith and a tangible expression of love. Acts 4 says, the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. That's what we want, right? We want people to look at us and know we have been with Jesus. And it's like when you're with someone in the coffee shop or whatever and a conversation comes and you know you have to pray for that person. We have a decision to make in that moment. Oh. Who put that there, Georgia? We have a decision to make. Do we offer to pray for them? Get out of comfort zone? Or do we just let it go? There was a time, that last week, I was in that very scenario, and it was a, a, one for healing. And I was just talking, I was like, oh no, here we go, and I know I'm talking about this, I need to do it. It's your guy's fault. Blaming you. And I just couldn't, I waited, I waited, I waited, and we're leaving, and we're, look, so we're in the coffee shop, I think it would have been easy in the coffee shop, but no, I didn't do it in the coffee shop. But I knew I had to do it. And I had to, you know that sort of sweaty palms, my heart was racing. I thought, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And then we were just leaving. I said, listen, I'd love to pray for that for you. You know what you were saying. Um, she went, yeah, that would be great. And so in the, in the car park of Tesco's, I am praying. So I said, I'm just going to pray for you. We're just going to keep your eyes open. It's just like a wee chat. And then I just pray. And I said, did you feel anything? She went, well, I felt a heat sensation in the area that you were praying for. I said, Fantastic. I will text you later and see how you go on. So I texted later and I said, how is it going? And she went, oh, it's like there's no irritation. No, I can't, it's but yeah, I'm not sure what it was. And I said, great. Next game day, she went, completely healed. And she said to me, completely healed. And but I would have missed that if I hadn't prayed. Do you know what I mean? That's like, oh God, thank you so much for being kind and kept prompting me right until I did it. So... Was I comfortable? No. Was I a wee bit embarrassed? I. But I did it. And I want to do that more and more. And I just want to encourage you to do it more and more. I'm telling you this because I'm the pastor and you might think I've got it all together. Those who know me know that's not quite true. Anyway. Romans 12. So here's what I want you to do. And this is what I really want you to do. God helping you. Taking your everyday, ordinary life, you're sleeping, because God can speak to you in your dreams about some people. Maybe it's just to pray for them. Maybe it's you going to share. I had that this week as well. You're eating, you're going to work, walking around life, and place it before God as an offering, surrendering it. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him.
Don't be so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognise what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. See, the more we tune in to hearing God, the more we'll catch all these wee things of text that someone, go and visit that person, go and say this, ask this question, and you thought, like, where did that question come from? Yeah, maybe that was just God popping that into your head and you acting on it can open up doors of opportunity or doors of other things to bring God's glory into that situation. I would encourage you to invite the Holy Spirit into every situation, whether in church or not, because he is interested in all of you. Romans 8 says this, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you and just as God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same living, same Spirit living within you. Well, that's all I have this morning. What am I doing for time? Oh, this is what I like stand. <laughs>